Episode number 72. All right, you ready? I'm Clay Lowe. And I'm Sarah Beth Hunt. You're listening to the Havana Cafe Sessions podcast. Where we get together once a week over coffee to talk about the big questions of life. Let's get into the show. Hello. Hello. Welcome back to the Havana Cafe. Yay, we've made it. We have indeed. It's been a long week. Although a good week for me. Yeah, I've been, I've been, no, in a good way. I've been writing. It's been good. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Writing's always I'm a good lost thing. in my story. Lost in your story. You've been busy. I have been busy. I've been up and down the country, all around, doing my thing, training, and educating people, <laughs> inspiring, leading. Uncertainty. Uncertainty. Okay. Well, that's what we're talking about today is uncertainty. Any other quotes we're going to start with? I did. So Carl uh, Popper has said, "Our aim is objective truth." more interesting truth, more intelligible truth. We cannot reasonably aim for certainty. So he kind of talks about the difference between truth and certainty, which I found kind of difficult to get my head around. But once I got it, it was kind of an interesting distinction, basically. um, There was interesting stuff that he said about truth. And I've got some thoughts on truth. Of course you do. <laughs> and i got some thoughts on certainty as well. Um, it just, you know, it's, it's sort of been on the back of my mind because, I don't know, you know, first of all, we have this sort of dichotomy of political opinion at the moment, or polarization, I should say. It's like, you know, everybody wants to be right. And it seems more and more difficult these days to exist in what I would think of as like the gray zones. Okay. Where, you know, you're thinking that two things can be true at the same time. And yet, I think one of our, one of the most amazing things about humans, which is not necessarily a bad thing, but which we often take to be a bad thing, is that we can hold paradox. You know, that two, what seem to be two conflicting ideas can actually both we can hold them both in our minds. And sometimes that's a problem because they're unexamined. But sometimes that kind of allows us to, you know, like for instance, this is just a random example that I'm throwing out there, but like, you know, when someone does something really bad, it's really hard to not then just categorize them as a bad person. It's really hard to, to hold somebody and say, they've done something really bad and they're not totally bad. You know, it, it, I can t- say that that's what I was going to say about the fact that I'm not sure. I, th- I think we can we're capable of doing the paradox, but I think that our mind searches to eliminate the paradox, even yeah. if it means picking the thing that's not true. So I'll find yep. evidence. So to think what the thinker thinks to prove or prove, I'll, so I'll find something that'll let me have this certainty. I think Popper said something I, I thought was right, really yeah. cool was that um, we just want to know. We don't want to think. We don't want to have to go through the journey of critical thinking necessarily to figure out what is, when we talk about truth here, um, is true, because we just want to know. And I think the danger that we get now with media and with all the other players feeding their stuff on our news feeds and things like that, is how do you know what you know, and how do you know the things that you know are true? Yeah. And I think a lot of times we don't go the full measure to find out what is true. So I've seen this, even if it's from a, in quotation marks, reputable 
a source, so I'll take it as true. And even worse, we we de- we depend on you know the whole sort of um, your friends. You go like I was. I've been asking people uh, where do they get their news, and they, they get it from friend recommendations in their feeds. Mm-hmm. So a friend puts something in your feed, you read it, and you think it's true because your friend yeah. put it in there. Yeah. Um, but we don't take the discipline to say, well, actually, let me find the source of that, and is it really true? Like you asked a good question yesterday. I sent you that news clip because I'm in my I'm in my angry phase, folks. And I was looking at Twitter and someone I follow, and um, he put a clip in there of a video of a cop essentially sexually harassing someone uh, that he was arresting. Um, but you asked me, well, where did the clip come from? So I started digging around, and it's hard to get to the... So you don't know what came before, you don't know what came after it. Yeah. Um, we don't, there's not necessarily a context around it. So right. what you see is a cop putting handcuffs on the guy, and he's fiddling him, both front and back. Um, and the guy is like, you know, what are you, why are you doing this? So the guy is asking, why are you doing this? Um, and someone else is filming it as it's going on. The guy that's filming it is saying, hey, look, what is asking the same question. But we don't actually know the other end of the story. So it's only a very short clip. So I don't know, I don't know the rest. What I saw, so if we're talking about belief or certainty of truth, what I saw with my eyes was a police harassing a guy that he arrested. Now, I don't know the rest of the story or what yeah. happened afterwards or any of that. But I could have taken that as true and say, hey, look at what, rah, 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 well, and make I think a whole story around it. When, it when, when I was first reading this article by um, Mary Popova with the brain pickings mm. thing, which is a great site, um, and she was going through this whole Karl Popper thing, I think it's really hard to understand the distinction that he's making between truth and certainty. But what he's bas- or you know what he's basically saying it seems is that there's sort of this realm of sort of facts and reality and truth what he's calling truth yeah and we know truth because it corresponds to reality but there's the level down which is the ways that we interpret this fact and that's the realm that we live in so there's this realm of what happened which is the cop did those things like it's on film but what that means is is what we've interpreted as sexual harassment or justified whatever or you know like you're saying the context and the meaning that we take from that why someone's putting it on twitter and what they're implying is in this other realm and that's the realm of human interpretation and that's the realm of us searching for certainty because we and that, that's sort of, I suppose, where we dig in our heels and say, I know that this is right, or I know that this is wrong, or this is what this means. You know, what, why do we seek certainty? Why do we need certainty? What is it about that character or nature or what's inbred in us that makes us seek certainty? Did you come across anything? Yeah, I mean, there's a whole kind of... There's a sort of different takes on it, I guess. I mean, one... My my immediate thought goes to the sort of Buddhist interpretation, which is like, why do we, like, spiritually, mentally, search for certainty in our lives in general? But I think you know, there's a before we get onto that, there's sort of a, you know, <laughs> I thought of Doctor Phil. You Doctor Phil fan? No, no. Yeah, I didn't think so. But anyway, Doctor Phil often says, "Do you want to be right or do you want to be happy?" 
And what, and, and what he's kind of saying there is the distinction between when you're saying, I'm right, that's not true. That's you've taken information, mm. interpreted it in a certain way, and decided that's the only way you're going to see it. And you and and I think we get there's a power that you feel when you when you get yourself into a position where you want to be right, and I think it's it's hard because it feels but like you're giving up your power a little bit. Because I think there's some I would say there's a there's a well may, and maybe it's just me because so there's the truth and then there's right and there's wrong. So when you're saying right, you mean true, not right versus wrong. No, I mean I mean right versus wrong. Right versus wrong. Okay. Yeah. Um, because we need to so the certainty. We search for certainty because we want to be able to control our environment and what's yeah, around I think, us. Yeah. So I need to know that when I hit the light switch, the light's going to come on. I don't want to have to think about that. So I, do, I just want to know that I know what I know. And the thing that I think becomes a sort of danger for that with me, and I think, and this is my, I guess, things that I've wrestled with, is how do we know... That the stuff that you know now is because it's not original thought. So our parents would have had influenced on how we've, you know, the data that was fed into us. And so we've got that imprinting. We got imprinting from in the early religious um, associations you might have. You got imprinting from your teachers who said, read these books. You know, well, who, who said that those are the right books to read and those are the right facts to present? But someone has given you those. And then we've built a whole life around stuff that other people have given us. And that's given us the lens. So every time something happens in this realm that Popper's calling truth or reality, Hmm. we're not able to access that except through the lens of how we interpret stuff. And I think we have to break the lens at some point. But most people don't mm. want to break the lens. Yeah, yeah. Most are happy that I'm, I'm just this way or it, you know, they just go through life through the filter that, that they've received or gotten from external bit and they've adopted as their own filter. And then for them, that's just the way it actually is. But that's not necessarily true. And I think at some point, and this is only in my belief, is that you have to break the lens go back and figure out and, and I like some of the stuff that Papa was saying as in go find the things that are wrong and then correct them so it's an iterative process to yeah, get but to when the people, truth when people say when, when the process of breaking that lens hmm. does that mean you have to say I might be wrong yeah and I think that's yeah. okay which but, but I think that's the problem isn't it hmm. well I think so because if, if you've gone your whole life believing a certain thing and I think this is maybe a self-preservation thing like if you break that lens does that then lead to confusion because now everything that I've ever known is no longer true and then who am I now that I'm not that thing um, and I think that's some people hold on to yeah. a belief because I don't know what I would be without that belief. There's some great, I mean, I, I know how we refer to the Matrix a lot, but there's a, a lot of stuff in that aspect where he's talking about that there's that scene where Neo's going into the Matrix for the first time and he's like, you know, are you, you're paying attention? And he wasn't paying attention. It's like these people, they don't know what's out here, what's real, and they'll fight to the death to defend this illusion that's there and I think you get that quite often and think about this so and I'm using the matrix but we can go to history think how long we thought as a species that the world was flat 
and and that was just truth. Yeah. Until someone yeah. decided to challenge it. Was, it was a great line, in, and I know I love my movies, so Men in Black. <laughs> um, Tommy Lee Jones says to Will Smith's character, he's like, you know, 500, it was at 500 years ago, everybody knew the world was flat. You know, and then he's like, five minutes ago, you thought we were alone in the universe. You know, imagine what you'll know tomorrow. <laughs> Yeah. And I thought, you know, that's yeah, it's, you know, it's that kind of thing, isn't it? So, and and it's what you said earlier is that we take those things, we need the certainty. I know, I don't know how I know, but I know, and we don't question it, we don't break the lens, and it, and it is true, the world is flat, and it just takes someone to say, well, actually, I don't, I want to test that because I don't know where that's come from. I want to test it for myself, and I think that's what someone popper was getting at. You've got to test it in reality yourself, not take it. That Clay said it, or Sarah said it, or anybody else said it. Yeah, find for yourself. I think that yeah, that was what was really interesting is that what he's saying about searching for truth is actually a search for error mm. Mm. and an acceptance that we are always going to be partially wrong, and that we're looking for truth through finding out where we're wrong. And so, in order to do that, we have to actually first say that we might be wrong, which is super hard for you know a lot of us and, and particularly not not even like as in individuals but particularly around certain issues mm. I think and um, so he says let me see if I can find it um, so he says since we can never know anything for sure it is simply not worth searching for certainty but it is well worth searching for truth and we do this chiefly by searching for mistakes so that we can correct them and that were, that's where he goes on to say, you know, our aim, and, and he's talking about as scientists, is to find more interesting truth, not certainty. Yeah. So everything. And there's that great, do you, do you watch Friends? Yes. Ages ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, we're dating ourselves now, I yeah, think. Yeah, But um, there's this great kind of set. argument between uh, Ross and Phoebe. And, uh, you know, Ross is like Mr. Science Man, yeah, you know, yeah. and there's evolution and there's, you know, dinosaurs and blah, blah, blah. And, and Phoebe just throws back at him like, well, have, ha, you know, has, has nothing ever been wrong in science before? Like nothing, a theory, yeah. it's a theory, it's a theory. Has the theory never been wrong? And he, there's just no comeback from that. Yeah, like, no, are you 100% sure? that there's no possibility that any aspect of that could be wrong. And of course, like you can't ever yeah. be sure and that, you know, it kind of like stuns him. But there's a, I really liked that thing that um, he said about science as well, because um, I do think that there is this, uh, this sort of argument also between what is seen as like illogical beliefs and then the antidote to that is scientific beliefs. But actually, science is just another... I mean, coming from a yoga perspective, for instance, mm. or a spiritual perspective, science is just one other lens to look through things. It's not that it's wrong, but... And, you know, I, th I think... It, so he has this other quote, which I think is actually quite a brave thing to say even now. He says, Despite my admiration for scientific knowledge, I am not an adherent of scientism. For scientism, it dogmatically asserts the authority of scientific knowledge, whereas I do not believe in any authority and have always resisted dogmatism. See, that's but, me. And, that's me to yeah, a T. No, and I, I think that's, I hate authority. that's sort of awesome because, you know, I mean, I come across this a lot with, with, you know, in yoga because, of course, 
you know, now that yoga is sort of everywhere, there's a lot of science of yoga in terms of trying to measure what exactly these breath practices are doing, what meditation's doing to the brain, what um, physical kind of things happen when we do yoga. And, and not that that's wrong, but that's just one lens of looking at yoga. But of course, yoga has a, a different science, if you want to call it, of energy channels. And so you don't really find that talked about as much because we can't scientifically see the energy channels and we don't have any way of conceptualizing them. So they become part of this like esoteric Is that a way of making untruth. it, it, it uh, more palpable to the masses because we have bought into the sort of scientific methodology. I think so. it's the way that people are understanding stuff because mm. that's their lens now of what is, of what is, yeah, is so certain. If, like if you if want we sci- if we make it scientific and science says then that means I can believe it mm-hmm. as opposed to just believing in the energies of yoga or any other or, or your practice. own experience yeah, or on your something. own experience of things that yeah. to legitimize it you got to make you know have some scientific study that's been done that says it is this but the thing about scientific studies is that you could probably find a scientific study for either side of the argument that you Quite want a lot to, of times, to, yeah. to to present not always but well mostly i mean we don't even agree on gravity and things like that <laughs> you know like yeah. einstein refused to believe in quantum physics for ages and ages, even though there was scientific proof <laughs> that yeah. it was there. Um, so, so we have, you know, what Karl Popper talks about the difference between truth and certainty. So we're searching for truth by looking for where we've gone wrong and being open to the fact that humans are fallible. Hmm. Um, but then there was that other sort of interesting difference between what you might call sort of relativism Oh, this is my favorite. And then the gray, what I want to call the gray zone of my mm. of you know where where paradoxes can exist or where are you a relativist? Aren't. No. You believe in it that there's an absolute truth somewhere. Well, are those the only two options? Yeah, there is. I'm in the gray zone. <laughs> well, that's what I think. You know, I think uh, when I when it's I say it's either true or it's not true. Well. I think this was that Kant was at. Kant was all about this relative that is that is not. You know, there's a there's an absolute truth. So I think if something's right, it's right always. There's no excuse. So but lying is wrong. Think, then we I can't think, tell white lies. We can't tell gray lies. We can't tell. Okay, black that's lies. that's in the realm of like morality. Hmm. I think so. That's sort of a little bit different because that is in the realm of interpretation of meaning, and that's where certainty can exist because you can say. For me, this act is always wrong. But they can't say that with certainty. I think that's the whole point. The whole point is it's relative, whether it's right or wrong. Because you can take, again, equally, you could say, you can find cultures where that behavior is not wrong. So you have... That doesn't mean that's not wrong to you, though. It, it, it's that it's not wrong to me. I'm saying that it's not. So some people, so absolute would mean it would be wrong regardless of what culture that you're in. So some people say there's an absolute truth and it's wrong always and across the universe and time. But that's just a perspective as we're saying here. That's just a lens. I don't think there is an absolute truth. Yeah, no, I don't. To be honest, I really don't think that those are the. That's the only way of looking at things. Yeah. Because I think, 
you know, when we're like the relativism that I think is quite different than the gray stuff is the same thing that Popper's talking about, where it's like relativism is like, oh, you know, all interpretations of an event are equal. And that is sort of what, what he calls, I think it's him, or maybe it's... Well, he was um, saying it was dangerous. Dead. It's that it's a betrayal of reason and humanity, he mm. says. So he's basically in that saying, I think, not all interpretations of something that's happened are equally valid. Some do not correspond to reality, you know? Well, that's if that's from people who believe in reality. There's well, okay. That, there's people that say that, yeah, that, you know, it's that's just That's true, illusion. but then, yeah. then we're, I think he's, what he's talking about is the kind of thing like alternative facts. Like, you, can, you know, I do think that it becomes dangerous when you start saying something can mean anything. It can mean various things, but, and various things can still correspond to reality, but they're interpretations of reality. Do you know what I mean? But we don't even know what reality is. This is the, I guess this I, is the point but that's, of, But yeah. isn't that what Popper's saying in terms of our search for it? We're searching for it. I think the relativism... So, so what helps me in life is that I don't believe anything is true or anything can be true. We all have different versions of the same truth. Mm-hmm. Pick your truth and roll with that. But what I find is, is when you do... Some people pick a truth and there is only a truth and then I'm going to be dogmatic about that truth, whatever that truth is, um, regardless of any other facts that are going to come through. And I'm not shifting because this is true and always true. Yeah, yeah. See, for me, it's like I, I want there to be more space for uncertainty and for gray areas. So, you know, for instance... You know, coming back to that example of someone does something that you consider really bad. You know, like someone really hurts somebody. Now, it's re- I find that it's really hard for other human beings to look at a person and say, they've done something really bad. They're not 100% bad. Because, it, you, know, we, we, you know, I read this other article that was talking about how, you know, by a social psychologist saying basically we have a tendency in our brain to want to simplify things and that's uncategorize things we have and to. that's exactly and so that's an evolutionary kind of trait in our mind but we also i would like to kind of argue ha- have the ability as human beings to transcend those base kind of instinctual response so yes it's very tribal to categorize people into good and bad like you're in my tribe or you're not in my tribe and we, we have a tendency to do that, but we don't have to do that. And we can kind of go beyond that and hold a space where it's like people are both things at once. And that is actually paradoxical. And that is also true. I think it's um, like the whole, sort of, the whole sort of transcend thing. The fact that it's not natural, as in we have to use reason or we have to consciously transcend... But consciousness is also natural. A lot of things can be natural. Okay, so if I'm picking something to transcend, and I actually have to hold, you know, using your phrase there, hold that space, when I relax that space or I'm stressed out, I revert back to what's 
what I'm calling natural, my instincts. And or, or are you just reverting level. back to bad habits that your parents gave you or your tribe gave you or whatever? No, I think we go back to our... Because we're okay, we forget that we're animals. That's what I'm getting at. So we've so if, if I don't believe in killing, but if someone came down here and tried to hurt someone that you loved, then you would yeah, yeah that yeah. would go out of yeah, out yeah, of yeah, space, yeah. and you'd be okay with killing yeah. that person because yeah. it was. And the same as you were just mentioning about, um, and it's funny you use the word you know killing versus murder. Right, so you can send this soldier off to war. Mm-hmm. You send them off to go do your killing for you. Come back, and nobody treats them any. You know, well, some people do. People that are pacifists will, but essentially, he's not thrown in jail and say, "Oh, you murdered some people." Now, the person that he, because he killed them, is as dead as a person that's been murdered. But we've set a context that says, "Okay, we didn't like what these guys were doing, so I sent my boys over." to go kill them and make them do what we want them to do, and that's okay. I suppose that's the, that's the point where we can hold paradox in our heads, and we do it all the time. Well, I don't know if we're holding paradoxes. I think we, and this is where it drives me nuts, is that we create our own truths, and that tr- this is why I don't think anything is true, because we create a truth, because I can't hold paradox. I've got to create a context to make something true so that right. I can, okay, so I can hang with it, because I can't accept that they can be this and that. So... Create yeah. this context, then I can relate to that, and, and that categorizes it. it as yeah, a separate thing. Something else, and we need to take a break, and then we'll we'll come back and pick up on that. Yeah, because I want to keep talking to you about um, like sort of why why we have a problem with certainty and stuff. Yeah. The Havana Cafe Sessions podcast was created to carve out space for contemplation in the middle of our busy week. Inspired by the very ancient idea that wisdom and principles of conscious living can be found through conversation, Clay and I started meeting over coffee at the Havana Cafe. From these meetings, the Havana Cafe Sessions podcast was born, and as an independent podcast, it is supported by listeners like you. Here's how you can help us support the show and continue taking time to explore the big questions in our lives. First and most importantly, you can share the podcast with friends on Facebook, Instagram, or old school, like talking to your friends. Ha <laughs> ha. Leave a review for us on iTunes, or you can support the show for as little as a couple of pounds or dollars a month. That's less than the coffee you are drinking right now while listening to this show by going to HavanaCafeSessions.co.uk and hitting that contribute button. Hope you're enjoying this episode, and thanks again for listening. Okay, so I have a question for you. If, if we find it hard to hold paradox and we find it hard to live in a space of uncertainty, then there's this quote by Tony Robbins who, that says, the quality of your life is in direct proportion to the amount of uncertainty you can comfortably deal with. What do you think about that? Um, coming from a guy who I don't mind uncertainty in the yeah. sense that... So we always talk about like life is an adventure, right? But people want to be certain, but you can't be certain. that It's not an adventure if there's no uncertainty. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I say your quote again. Say that. Say the quote again from Tony. Here, come back. Yeah, I got the dishes. Yeah. Yeah. Out. Thank goodness. Whoa. Hit it, baby. It. Uh, he says. The quality of your life is in direct proportion to the amount of uncertainty you can comfortably deal with. So dealing okay. with uncertainty is how you have a good life, in other yeah. words. Yeah, yeah. I can, I can, so, 
And I, I, I could buy that in the sense that if you're not trying to control everything, you're not having to have the sort of one of the articles you sent me the lady was saying I have to have this plan and I need to have mm-hmm. everything in order and I need to know that when I do X, I'm going to get Y. And I need to have all of that in order to be able to um, to feel com- comfortable and yeah. secure. And I think what Tony is saying there is that if you can throw out the need to feel secure then you're on your way to being able to have a more a happier life I guess but that's assuming that yeah that you're okay with uncertainty I don't need to know what's going to happen tomorrow or the next day or if I a lot of times like we don't like if you're thinking along where Tony would be thinking as I won't try something new because I don't know what the outcome is and because I don't know what the outcome is or I'm not certain about the outcome then I won't try because I know when I do X, I'm going to get Y. If I try to right. do something else, yeah. I don't know what I'm going to get. And then we start to think of the, all the bad things that might happen. So if I try this thing, then all these bad things might happen. And I don't know, so I won't try. One of the things that I kind of, that you're reminding me about is, uh, is uh, when certainty, I wrote down, when certainty becomes preferable to happiness. And it's like, Oh, yeah, that's common, that is. Yeah, and it's such a funny and strange thing. But, I, you know, I think also there are different arenas where we are more and less comfortable with things being uncertain. So, you know, for instance, I don't know, maybe we get used to uncertainty in our business, you know, but we need things to be certain in our relationships or... Vice versa. But or I think that we, we do that, though, don't we? That we, we try to make those things certain. And I think going back to your quote from Tony Robbins, that's what we cause the issues and the discomforts and the thing because we try to make something certain that can't be certain. If we think back to loads of episodes ago when we were looking at stoicism, one of the quickest ways to being happy from a stoic's point of view is to accept that there's things that you can control and there's things that you can't control and when you can learn the difference you increase your happiness by 20 fold yeah um and most things you have no control over so there's no certainty over most of the things and the stoic would say well great then let those go don't even give it any thought because there's nothing that you can do about it anyway yeah so focus on what you can control which is mostly internal stuff i mean do you think all this like scrambling for certainty just comes from an evolutionary kind of brain perspective where it's like you know we've had so many millennia of needing to know the outcome of certain things so that we can survive i think it's more the fact that you know we don't have teeth like massive claws and stuff like that so our, our weapon so you know, so I read somewhere, it was like the thing that really distinguishes us from animals is our imagination, our ability to imagine a future that's not there. But that helps us in our survival aspect, as in um, I can imagine, when I, like if you look at across the street, you're going to cross the street, you have the ability to look both ways and imagine, or you can see the car imagine the car and the speed and all that sort of stuff sort or of as a mother you have 10,000 imaginations of the fact that how your child is going to try and kill themselves y- yes by and so we, we if you're we're scootering able there to think but then that, you're going to hit yeah. go into the road and, and that's yeah. our way of being able to then prevent yeah. that eventuality from happening uh, and so 
but it's a blessing and a curse. I think it sometimes gets the better of us because we, we, we use our imagination and we're projected into the future and we want, we want to have a good outcome. Yeah. If I can't see a good outcome, then that makes me nervous. That makes me try to correct and do things in the now so that that eventuality doesn't happen. So back to the Tony Robbins quote, um, I'm not going to, if I can't see the outcome and know for certain that it's going to be successful, that it's going to work, and if I'm not comfortable with that uncertainty, then chances are I won't do it. And as you mentioned there, so some people would rather be certain, will take unhappy over certainty. So some people will go to the a job that they absolutely hate, that's killing them, crushing them, and they hate life. But I know when I do this, I get this paycheck and I can pay for these things. Yeah, so then, you know, it, it's sort of my, my question that's kind of popping up in my mind, because, you know, there's um, a Buddhist American uh, nun who runs a um, kind of retreat center up in Nova Scotia called Pema Chodron. And she talks a lot about uncertainty. She sort of had this whole life before she became a Buddhist and had and has been divorced twice, has kids. So she I think her kind of practice and what she talks about is really grounded in just normal people's experience of life rather than often what you have, which is like a monastic experience of mm. meditation and stuff. So she really talks about what we get out of the feeling of certainty. And she says, our att- but she says, our attempts to find lasting certainty are at odds with the fact that we're part of a dynamic system in which everything and everyone is in a process, basically, of change. But then she says, our essential choice is this. We have to, we have to decide whether we're going to cling to a false security. In other words, that we can be certain of things. That's, that's the sort of false idea. Right even though they only bring us momentary satisfaction because ultimately things constantly change. And like you're saying, things are out of our control a lot of it. So, you know, we can't actually ever be certain. Or are we going to overcome our fear of uncertainty and make the leap? But then I suppose my question is, this, this again, like brings for me a binary of like, you're either certain about something or you're just completely open to uncertainty. And isn't there sort of a continuum where you sort of, you want to plan for the future? I mean, to, ju- to just throw up and say, you know, your hands and say, well, everything's uncertain anyway, so why plan for the future? I'm not sure that's a good answer. You know, like, yeah. you, you know, there has to, like, what is, where's the continuum of you're learning from your mistakes so that you can try to predict what's going to happen yeah, no, I could, no, I could be just saying. So it's like you could live for today. So you always get that. Do you live for today or plan for tomorrow? People ask you that. That sort of question will come up. And um, I think it's it's kind of what you're saying. So it's not an either or necessarily. Maybe it's a continuum. As in, you have to do some planning, but don't be so so fixated on planning for the future that you actually miss living your life. Because you, and, and this is a thing that that's a that kind of sucks for us as humans is uh, in fact I just I remember um, I was with one of my friends who, and we're probably about the same age and he had another friend that was a similar sort of age um, and this guy did the sort of straight narrow made loads and loads and loads of money you know he retired at something like 55 and then he died the next year so he 
heads down, working like a dog and not enjoying stuff with the idea that I can retire early and then do all these things and then he dies the next year. He, you know, you can't, you know, and that's the thing is that we can't, you can, so I guess what I'm getting at is you probably have to have an eye to the future, so do some planning, but if you lose sight of the present because you're planning on that someday, then the danger is the someday never comes or something comes out of left field and changes you know changes everything that you thought was going to happen or how it was going to be and then you've missed a whole portion of your life because you were stuck in the future i guess that's the thing it's a it's and i think i have an ear to the past and eye to the future but live in the present is something that yeah right always sort of tell myself yeah i think that's that's sort of there is something about yeah you want to stay open to the fact that things are uncertain but there there has to be kind of a we're we're sort of programmed to try to learn from the past and do you know act in a way that we are going to hope to get the results that we intend to get yeah so and i think both. there's a, i think it's um when i do my sort of warriorship training one of the tendency in there is it, it is about letting go of certainty and living with completely in fact the whole point of the whole warriorship thing is to seek the unknown to always keep pushing the boundary between the known and the unknown to mm-hmm. go into this nagul as it's called um, and you can only do that if you have the certainty and this is where the cer- your certainty bit that you know what to do when you don't know what to do mm-hmm. and so you don't have to you're able to let go of the control because you have the confidence in your ability that you know what to do when you don't know what to do. Right. Hence, I can be bold and go into the un- unknown. For, yeah, for me, all this stuff is like, you know, when I think about that, like being a warrior and going out, it's actually, nowadays, I feel like the, the sort of war is between this polarization of people. And the going into the unknown is about letting go of of the certainty that you're right and the certainty that you know what's happened in any situation like whether it's within your friend group something's happened or on a bigger political scale or whatever you know it's really really hard to let go and to ease off that kind of sort of wall or boundary we have around us that's like this is where I am and this is what I believe is right and to kind of open that up and say actually you know even like you think about in the states like politically with the republicans and democrats and every you know gun issues and all kinds of stuff that are really polarized it's like you're wrong and i'm right and having letting go of it even a little bit of that idea that you might not understand everything or you might not be a hundred percent right or get the whole story or whatever that is is actually a really big challenge for everybody including this comes back to that relative relativism argument as in there has to be an absolute right or wrong hence you have the polarization because you can't have relativeness because it's but i I think see i'm gonna argue with this because i don't think that relativism in which every single possible option is equally valid I don't think that's right. I think, well, I think it's there right. are gray areas in which things can be both, you know, 
I guess what I mean by relativism is and there isn't so you there have isn't the, one thing there isn't one truth yeah and that it's but that's different than saying all truths are all all opinions are are relatively no Gus I'm not saying that all opinions are right I'm saying that the truth is relative depending on your point of view and what facts you bring to the case but it, so when you talk about your gun control so the fact of controlling the guns you've got some people who believe that you should control them you've got some that don't stepping up on that I guess the question would be is it right or wrong to have guns so some would say the absolute would be yes it's wrong but I think the relative it yeah, depends yeah, yeah, yeah. on the circumstances it depends on where you are and then yeah. so that's what I mean I guess that's what I mean yeah, by yeah, relative yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think I, 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 yeah and yeah. the problems then come when you go with the absolute is that then I'm ready to go to war because I absolutely believe that guns should not be here. I can't see any. There is no relativeness. Yeah. It's an absolute. And I'm going to make you <laughs> believe yeah. this way. I think that's yeah. what you get with this sort of fundamentalism. Um, well, that's what I call a sort of true believer is someone who can't, they can't ascertain that the truth that they believe in that there can be another option. Another option. That's that valid. Yeah. That's valid because of new stuff that we've come in. But, you know, they just completely... I remember when I was growing up as a kid, to, if you questioned, you know, sort of Christ, Christianity or the stuff that your elders were saying, then they always just blamed it on the devil. Well, that's just, yeah. you know, Satan getting into your mind and confusing you right, and messing right, right. you up. That's how they explained when you ask questions that seems to contradict the truth of what they're saying, um, that, the, yeah, it's... Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, and I guess that's what I meant by relativism. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I think we could have a... But I get where you were coming from. Like, I, and maybe that's something definition-wise. We're, we're saying that everything is equally valid. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a different thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 No, yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, think, I just think that for me, and particularly, I think the times are really like calling me to this, you know, is, is sort of letting go of that certainty. And well, here, what's the thing that and you just can allowing, be about? allowing there to be space in your mind that you could have gotten it wrong. Hmm. You know, it, it's, you know, it's not. You know, and, and to sort of, you know, to just sort of bring it all back to Karl Popper, um, you know, the idea that we are never going to be certain, like that certainty is not a possibility. We can only ever search for the, the truth through the ways that we've gotten something wrong, hmm. which means, you know, you have to be, admit that we were wrong. <laughs> See, I, I guess I've, and this is, and, I, and sometimes I think, you know, there's something wrong with me because I've never been very dogmatic about anything and I don't really care whether I'm wrong about something. I don't have any, I don't yeah. have any solid thing where I have to, that this is sort of right. And I, and, and then some people would call that maybe wishy-washy or you don't take a stance or have you, but it, I, from my experience and looking and reading and all that, it's like, well, so you know what? And and the other thing for me is that life is way too short to even care whether yeah. this thing is that or that other thing. Um, so there's a couple of sayings that I wrote down while you were speaking. And one related back to um, the Bushido. 
mm-hmm. warriors, samurai, and they had this thing about considering yourself as already dead. So our certainty is we know that we're going to die, even though I know there's some people yeah, yeah, that yeah, would yeah, say, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, you don't really die, you go into some other, but we know that at some point, our, you ain't body. Gonna, that body's yeah. going to yeah, be yeah. gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so their thing was consider yourself already dead and then approach life in a sort of full-on kind of manner like that. So don't try yeah. and plan and be certain about these things because... One, we never know when we're going to... I mean, this could be it. This could be our last podcast and go upstairs and, you know, you're done, you're toast. And I guess there's something in our brains that wants us to believe that that's not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> but we have no idea. We don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. So be here now, basically, is what that was saying. Um, and then the other one was... No, yeah, I already said that. We know what to do when you don't know what to do. So having that confidence that whatever sort of comes at you, you can deal with it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Which led me to the sort of cross your bridges when you come to and burn them behind you kind of thing. So don't worry about this thing that's going to be in the future. Wait till you get to that spot. Use yeah, your human yeah, yeah. faculty to figure out the problem. Once you've done with the problem, then, yeah, that's it, done. Yeah. Keep moving. Always yeah. forwards type thing. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so in terms of certainty for... I think in the realm that I surf is that one, I'm not certain about anything. I kind of believe that there's, you know, a version of truths that are out there, depending on what context you sort of bring to things. Um, And I just can't be bothered to try and come down on one side and say, it's got to be like this, people, like this. Yeah. You know, believe what the hell you want to believe is kind of my philosophy. And my only line where I draw is, as long as you're not hurting someone else, yeah. then whatever the hell you want to choose to believe, you believe it. It's true for you. And more power to you. <laughs> that sounds good. Let's go get some more coffee. Yeah, let's do it. This episode of the Havana Cafe Sessions podcast is brought to you by people just like you, wonderful listeners. So thank you very much. If you have a spare second and you want to click over to iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a review or just some stars, that really helps us out a lot and helps other people find us who might enjoy the show. And if you would like to contribute to the show, then you can contribute as little as a pound an episode or less than a coffee an episode. Um... If you head over to HavanaCafeSessions.co.uk and click on the Contribute button, you'll find all kinds of different ways that you can help us out. Thank you so much if you have already contributed in some way or if you're thinking about contributing and really even just telling other people who you think might enjoy the podcast or um, joining in the conversation is very, very helpful. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Sarah Hunt, and on behalf of Clay Lowe, goodbye, and we'll see you next week.